Welcome to this week's episode of the Blank Page to Bestseller Podcast. I am your host, Peter Wheatmartian, and I am joined as always by KZ and Colleen. We begin this week's episode as we always do with our Biz Buzz segment. In this week's Biz Buzz segment, we talk about the different formats of books and answer the question Is an ebook really enough? Then, in our second segment, Colleen interviews our host, Carrie Rickard. Carrie is a TBI survivor, an author of two books, and fellow podcaster. Carrie recently released her own book, Trauma is a Catalyst, earlier this year, where she talks with Colleen in this interview about that book, and she also speaks a little bit about her own podcast, Transformational Trauma and Healing. We hope you enjoy this week's episode, and as always, please be sure to like and subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you listen to us. Welcome to this week's Biz Buzz segment on the Blank Page to Bestseller Podcast. I'm once again joined by Colleen and KZ for this week's segment, and we are going to talk a little bit about different book formats. Just like last week, I'm going to turn it over to Colleen because she has a few frequently asked questions that we hear from our listeners and the people we work with. So Colleen, over to you. Well, thanks, Peter. So I have a question for Peter and Candy. A couple different questions. What are the different formulas or formats someone can use when they are publishing their book? And also, when a new author is just publishing for the first time, is it enough for someone to just start with an ebook? So I'll hand it to you, Peter and Candy. Well, I'll start off by just letting our listeners know what the different formats of books are. So the different formats mean basically how a reader would consume that book. So you have things like hardcover books, you have paperback books. Those are the two, um, you know, books that everyone knows. You also have eBooks, which are hugely popular uh, today, you know, things like Kindle uh, books. And then the, uh, the fourth, format of books is uh a, is the audiobook and the audiobooks have become really really big so you know i'm sure a lot of our listeners here have heard of audible and you know, where you can listen to the book that um, an author writes so those are the four different formats you have the hardcover paperback ebook and audiobook formats. I'm going to uh, give it over to KZ to talk a little bit about that second part of the question. Okay, great. I love that, Peter. That was a great description of what a format, uh, a book format is. It's how the reader consumes the content, consumes the book. I love that. That's perfect. So today, in today's world, um, the most popular book is the ebook. That's an electronic book. And an ebook can be in many different formats. What we're talking about here today is a, is what would be considered a professional quality ebook, okay? And that is not going to be necessarily 
one that you make on your computer using a desktop publishing program. Okay, that is an ebook, and you can create an ebook in that way. However, we're talking today about those that are for sale um, on Amazon, for sale through Ingram Spark, for sale through um, there are dozens of, of different distribu distributors now for electronic books. The question that Colleen had had to do with is that enough for a new author starting out? And my answer to that is always a guarded no. I believe that it's important when you are coming out with your first book, with your books, that you become visible in as many formats as possible. And that means that you start with an ebook. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to start with an ebook. It is the easiest one to print and publish, okay? Because you don't actually print it. Um, and then at the same time, however, um, you can literally at the same time, you format your book very, very in just moderate changes to in the formatting between the uh, print version and the ebook version. So you simply publish them both at the same time. So you publish an, a, a, uh, an ebook, you publish a paperback. The question really remains is, should you then go on and publish a hardback? And should you then, and when should you publish an audiobook? And those are questions that are not so much for the novice writers. Those are questions for the writer who has already had a couple of books out perhaps, okay? Um, and who has a budget to pay for the differences. You will pay more as a, as if you're self-publishing or if you're traditional publishing, it doesn't matter. You pay more to publish a hardback book and you pay a lot more to publish a, an audiobook. Um, with an audiobook, you have additional costs for someone to read it. And even if you're not reading it, the formatting on an audiobook, while much easier than it ever has been in, in previous years, still requires um, a, a professional or someone who has experience to, to get it ready for actual distribution. So I don't want to go into details here, except to say that both a hardback and a, an audiobook are not your best choice as a beginner because they take more knowledge and more steps. They add more steps to the public pro publishing process and they add more cost, okay, to the process for you. So that would be after, add those in after you've made some sales, okay? However, as an, as, an, as and every author, in my opinion, should start with both an ebook and a paperback book because they are almost the same difference when it comes to actually publishing them. Very little difference in the formatting and no difference in the price primarily. Well, that's that's a really great um, a overview of what different types of off or what different types of formats authors should use. Um, I'm going to add just a quick little thing too. Um, also, if you're not sure what type of format your book should use, look at the genre that you're publishing in. Oh yeah, you, you know that's a lot of um, good information out there. You know, for example, you know if you are a photographer, you know, and you have a big um, like a coffee table book. Um, there's not a lot of paperback coffee table books out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, Peter. <laughs> you know, so you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good information you could learn just by you know searching your genre on Amazon. 
that is always a great tip. I, I recommend every author, every every prospective author, spend a lot of time uh, on Amazon and in bookstores researching, looking at what the what the bestsellers are doing, looking at what other writers are doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and and kind of off also on that side of things too. Like, if you look at a lot of romance or you know genres like that, uh, you have so many ebooks and you know in that format but you don't see a lot of hardcover books in that format either because they're books that people go in and and consume quickly and read really quickly and really enjoy so you know like just research is is very key yes it is absolutely look at always look what the best sellers are are doing because whatever the best sellers are doing there's a reason they hit bestseller so true so true Mm -hmm. yep Great point, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, we had some great questions we've had from our listeners, and this was great information you all, you and uh, Peter shared today. Candy, thanks so much. You're welcome, as always, Colleen. We have fun doing this, don't we, Peter? Oh, it's always a great, uh, it's a great time because I, you know, I, I always um learn a few things myself too or at least refresh a little bit about what i know you know as i go through these biz buzzes each week so i i'm glad that our listeners are out there you know letting us know what they want to know about because that helps keep us sharp as well so i do want to then uh, just remind everyone if you have questions or ideas or thoughts about what you would like to hear on our biz buzz segment or you know if you know anything about um publishing that you or if you want to know anything else about publishing for a larger discussion too please be sure to reach out in our comments send us an email reach out on our website Uh, there's a lot of different places that you can find us so um, please reach out with any questions you might have and we'd be happy to answer them on a future show This week's episode of the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast is brought to you by us at The Author's Voice and our free writing planner. In today's world, it feels as if we can no longer focus on what is important to us, but with our writing planner, you can make sure to keep track of all of your writing goals. Writing is an important part of your daily routine, and you want to make sure that you can plan out everything for your book. We've been there and we get it. So stop trying to balance your work, your social life, and your writing, and be sure to get your writing plans down on paper. Our free writing planner helps you make progress on your book with three easy steps. First, use the planner to schedule your daily writing time. Second, you can write down all of your daily goals in the writing planner. And third, you can keep track of all of the progress from your daily, weekly, to your monthly goals, and beyond. Download your free writing planner today at the link in the show notes. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And I have a great Carrie Rickard with me today. She is a two-time author, and we are going to tell her little bio right here. Carrie is an author business, and trauma coach, and is the creator and host of the podcast, 
Transformational Trauma and Healing. Her main goal in all aspects of her work is to use her experience to help others. Carrie has examined her own life post-trauma and wondered, now what? Through a lot of determination and resilience, she has created the life she wants to live or is at least working toward it. Carrie's true passion is in helping others navigate their own murky waters to provide support when it seems like there's no roadmap. Carrie has a BS in clinical psychology from Townsend University and an MFS in forensic sciences from George Washington University. She lives in Stevensville, Maryland with her two children, Simon and Allie, the two family dogs, Holly and Grover, plus two guinea pigs and a hamster. Carrie loves going to her daughter's field hockey games, taking the dogs for long walks, and working out on her Peloton. Her future goals include traveling the world and meeting lots of different people along the way. Again, Carrie, thanks so much for joining me. And it sounds like your house has as many animals as my brother, who's a zookeeper, has when we were growing up. But he had snakes. <laughs> And I was oh, like, go away. <laughs> yeah, I, the the rodents have been enough for me. I, you know, the, the dogs are good. I said yes to the rodents and sometimes I wish I hadn't. But, you know, but thank you so much for having me, Colleen. I am so happy to be here today. Well, we're glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. And so you are a two-time author, really. You had a uh, compilation book, I guess you could call it, Trauma to Triumph, Stories of TBI Survivors and the Vital Role of Post-Acute Care. And then Carrie just had her first solo published book in June of 2023. I know your mom helped you write that too, but or yeah. she was part of the book, uh, Trauma is Correct. a Catalyst. So congratulations on that new uh, publication. Thank you so much. I, I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am that it's like finally a reality. Yeah, that is great. That's great. So what is it that made you decide to write that book or both books? And then tell us a little bit about your writing journey and your, your publishing journey. Sure. Um, so I will start with Trauma to Triumph. Um, I am a longtime board member um, of the Hobblejog Foundation. And the Hobblejog Foundation was founded by a woman uh, named Susan Hahn. Um, and Susan um, experienced a traumatic brain injury and was actually in the same hospital as I was um, within days like our accidents were within days of each other. We did not find this out or really meet one another until a year and a half later. And um, so she had started this foundation and we have been looking for lots of ways to raise funds because we provide grants to organizations for um, post-acute care. And um I don't even know who said like, oh, maybe we hobble dog should have a book, um, you know, and bring lots of um, TBI survivor stories and their and caretaker stories um, to in one place um, with the goal being to provide tools and resources for um, for other other people experiencing the same things that, that we did. Um, 
So that's where that one came about. Um, now, I would say that writing has always been something that I have loved to do. Um, English was always my favorite subject. I um, have been known to write other people's essays, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> so when I got out of the hospital after my accident, I, um, you know, it, it was a very, it, like there was a period of time where my parents were living with me and because I couldn't, I, I didn't have any way of getting around. I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have a car at that time because my car had been totaled and, you know, they don't just give people with a traumatic brain injury their license back. <laughs> they, you have to actually test and do all that. Um, so, you know, it was writing became a way of for me to process my experience. Um, so, you know, what I remembered in the hospital all the way to like how I was getting through my day to day. Um, and so I created a blog and um, my mom had done as, as is part one of my book is my mom's caring bridge uh, journal entries. And um, so there were a lot of people that followed my story through those journal entries. Um, you know, people who waited every day to know what the status was. Um, so when I started writing my blog, I kind of already had an audience because um, all of these people and, and their families and their friends. I mean, I had people all over the world who were saying prayers for me, which was amazing, right? And um, so I had this audience for my blog. And um, as I'm writing it, people kept saying to me, like, oh, you should write a book. Oh, you should write a book. And I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe. And I just kind of put that on the shelf. I, and and I kept writing my blog and I wrote the blog for years. Um, and then, you know, as time has gone on, I occasionally would like pop up with an idea that I like needed to write. And so I would write it and I would just like put it in a little file and, and keep on going. And then last summer, it just kind of like, I don't know, it just kind of came to me. It was, you need to write that book now. You need to finish it. And so, you know, I guess I had had the taste of it, of like what a published book felt like with the Trauma to Triumph book. Um, and I'm like, it's, and, and I liked it. So I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I can write the whole book. Like, maybe I can do this. So um, I really looked at, you know, I was really trying to figure out how to tell my story in such a way that it would be compelling and also cathartic for me and also helpful to other people who have been through some kind of traumatic experience. So last summer, I really spent the entire summer, I buckled down and just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And so at the end of last summer, uh, that's when I started shopping for publishers. 
So it's been a journey. So it took 10 years to write and, and a year to publish. <laughs> now I have a question. Did you go to um, like an indie, indie publisher? I see it was, was it Fulton Publishers that you went with? It's Fulton Books. Yeah. Fulton Books. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure I didn't get that far to look it up, but is that a traditional publisher or more of an indie publisher? So it. I went with a hybrid model. Um, so it was a model in which I invested a certain amount of money and they um, and and then their first goal is for me to make back what I have invested in book sales. Um, so, it, you know, it, it was a way to make publishing accessible for me without me having to send manuscripts to publishers and try and figure out how to do that while also maintaining full-time work and, you know, parenting my two children. Right. I was just wondering if it was, uh, I was going to ask you about if you had to send in like competitive analysis and all comparative analysis, but you didn't have to do that with this. I didn't. Book. No. Oh, no. Nope. That's great. No. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, in our networking, you've been on the networking calls with me and that type of thing. We, we share that while well, we tell our story that everybody has a story to share. Everybody has a story to tell and your mm -hmm. book is going to resonate with someone like nobody else's will, even though there have been other books about traumatic brain injuries or your story of what you've gone through. So what do you hope, and you kind of touched on this, but what do you hope that people are going to gain when they read your book? So I, I like to say I want to give people a sense of connection and a spark of hope. Um, so sense of connection, I, any trauma can be incredibly isolating. It feels like you are the only person in the world going through it. And you are the only person in the world going through it in that exact way, right? Um, it's kind of like, I am the only person in the world that can write this story because I am the only person who went through this in this way. Um, but that being said, there are so many things that overlap um, from trauma to trauma, things that people experience that if we talked about that more, um, if we spoke about what it's like to recover from trauma and what to do when people think, oh, you should be healed by now and you actually aren't. Um, you know, those things, if we if we made that less of a like, oh, we're not going to talk about that bad subject kind of thing and we're just open about it, people would feel less alone. So I'm hoping that by telling my story, someone will feel less alone in whatever their trauma process is. Um, you know, and spark of hope, man, things that happen to me, I am so lucky and grateful to be alive. Um, you know, I went through some really, really challenging things and I had, thank goodness, I had amazing doctors and I also had to put in a lot of work myself and in in 
you know, sometimes people just need that little spark, like, oh, that person could do it. I can do it too. Um, because it can be really hard when you are feeling isolated, like no one knows what's going on with you and you have no one to talk to. Um, you know, it's hard to be hopeful of the future when you have no idea what that future looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, while you were talking about this, I remembered my friend in high school, uh, we went to grade school together and high school together and we weren't two months into our freshman year and we had become very close and she was hit by a car on the way to school one morning and oh. was never the same, you know, and right. never the same. And um, just even if this book had been out then or, you know, the help that she had known, I mean, she lived for 40 years after but it was never the same. And she even tried to come back to high school and they just didn't have the facilities to right. accommodate for her at that time, you know, but right. even her parents, right. it would have helped, you know, it could have helped her parents or whatever. And, but I love that spark of hope that you have that, that, that spark of hope that you said, it means so much to just have that and to know that you have that. And, and for people not to be afraid to talk about it, it's, it's like the mental illness society, you know, like, exactly people are are afraid to you know say what's going on with them because such a stigma um about Mm -hmm. things so bringing it out into the open is so important so thank you so much for doing that um it it, it's great and I've gotten through half of the book I haven't been able to finish the whole thing I can't wait to to read it because it is so it, it is so very interesting very interesting and it was brave of you to put it out um so thank you thank you um thank you yeah yeah. And then there's, you know, what kind of impact does sharing trauma have on others who've also experienced trauma? I mean, I think that you've kind of mentioned that a little bit before, but is there anything you wanted to add to that? Sure. So, you know, I think that sharing trauma, um, you know, makes us feel less alone. It makes us feel like, you know, we aren't the only person in the universe dealing with stuff, right? You know, like, especially when you're, if you're young and you experience trauma, you have a tendency to feel like, oh my God, this has never happened to anyone else before, you know, um, because you have the feeling that you're invincible. I mean, even at 37, when I had my accident, I would never have thought I was going to get in a horrible car accident and almost die. Like everybody feels invincible. So it is, it is kind of nice to know that one other people have felt that way and have been proven wrong and have made it through the other side. Right. So The other thing that I think is so very important um, is you're not going to be the same after your traumatic experience. And it doesn't matter what the trauma is. You're going to be someone different. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It is just different. You are not ever going to be able to go back to who you were before this experience happened. Um, So it is really important to 
I think talking about this allows people to understand that it's okay to one, mourn the person you were before, and two, to know that you're never going to be back there again, and that that is okay. You have this opportunity in front of you, and I mean, that's the whole point in the title of my book, Trauma is a Catalyst. It provoked significant change in my life. That accident made me who I am now, and I would never, never give it back. It was terrible. There were a lot of really horrible things that happened during that accident, because of that accident. Um, You know, I put my family and friends through a lot of pain and torment, and yet I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be who I am now without that. And I think if people don't hear stories like that and people don't understand that it's okay if you're somebody different than you were before your before your traumatic event. You know, people get lost in the woe is me because they don't understand it's okay to be different. Right. You know, growth really comes from obstacles. That might sound, you know, but absolutely it's true. It's true. I think people really grow from that, those obstacles and they can even heal from those obstacles um, when they allow yeah. themselves to. But it can take time. There's no timeline for anyone to be done in six months or five years or 10 years or whatever. Exactly. Um, and even if you've healed, you can heal, but you're still not going to be who you were before. Right. Like you can feel good about yourself and your life and you have this amazing opportunity to change your perspective and your outlook on things. Mm-hmm. And you can feel amazing and you're still not going to be who you were before. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so great. Now, I would like to ask you something. I've listened to a few episodes of your podcast. Transcendental trauma and healing. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your your podcast? Sure, absolutely. So, um, my podcast came about around the same time as I went on my giant writing kick. Um, I I was kind of it just struck me like I need to share as many stories as I can and. Because I want, I I work with people who have um, survived trauma, and those traumas are different traumas. I wanted to make sure that I created something that took all of that into account. So I started the podcast. Um, the first episode is actually my story, and I interviewed my mom. Um, And then after that, I started pulling in other kinds of trauma survivors, um, caregivers for people who have survived trauma, and I mean, all different things. Um, My most recent one um, was was a woman who um, founded a homeless shelter in Oregon. And the, the entire premise of that is you know, homelessness is trauma. I mean, that is a traumatic event to not have 
a safe space to call home and how they created this beautiful space using architecture and design to make something that was giving people dignity, right? If I didn't do this podcast, I wouldn't know about those things. And the fact that I get to meet people from all over the country and talk to people about their stories and their traumas and how they have managed, not only is it helping me in my trauma journey, but it's it, it'll help anyone who listens because it doesn't matter what your trauma journey is. Somebody might have a little nugget that is going to help you move forward. Um, so it's been a really fun project. Um, it's been really fascinating. And I have connected with so many absolutely amazing people. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun. And there are a lot of different topics. So, um, you know, lots of variety there. So I think there's a little bit of something for everyone. Oh, that's great. That's great. Going back to your mom real quick, if you don't mind. Um, When you look for the blessings and things that happen, because there are the blessings and things that happen. When I started reading your book, I didn't realize until the end here, when I saw part of her uh, bio, she was a trauma ICU nurse, is that correct? Yes, yes. And so I, she was. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say how amazing that you had someone there who knew what you needed and was on top of things. Um, like Absolutely. what a blessing, you know. Like what a blessing. Absolutely, yeah. My mom spent the most of her career. She started in ICU, and then she spent most of it in rehab. So even when I went from acute inpatient at the trauma center to rehab, she knew all of the rehab centers. She knew what to ask for. She knew what to look for. So she made sure that I had absolutely everything I needed. Um, You know, sometimes I think it was probably an extra burden on her because she knew the language. She knew when things weren't good or, um, you know, but she also knew how to help me. And, you know, I am incredibly grateful for that. Um, My entire family has benefited from my mother's nursing career. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Every single one of us. My mom was a nurse and my sister was a nurse. And so we've been blessed that way. I I don't I I don't know. I went to nursing school, but I couldn't separate the sympathy and empathy. So yeah, I, I ended up having to get out. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but those I mean, it was just what I was when I was reading that, I thought how great, how great that you had that opportunity. She had yeah, I know I don't mean opportunity, but you know what I mean? She had the yeah knowledge to know what 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 you needed so that's great yes and and I and I think that a lot of my positive outcomes were because she didn't take no for an answer she knew how to speak the same language as the doctors and nurses and she knew what to ask for and and to say you know what this pain is no joke let's take care of it that's great. That's great. So I would like to ask, what is something, would you like to say something that we haven't asked you or talked about today? 
Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, yeah, sure. I am actually getting ready to start. Uh, I'm starting in September a trauma survivors coaching group. Um, and so I decided that, you know, in addition to the one-on-one -on -one coaching, I wanted to provide a small group um, virtual situation so people can be comfortable in their own, own homes um, or their own locations, wherever. And um, also have not only someone who can facilitate a group, um, that would be me, um, but also have other trauma survivors in that group with you so that you can talk in real time about very common challenges that people have in healing from trauma, whether that's physical, mental, or spiritual. Um, you know, there is a lot of overlap there. And, um, you know, it's that whole idea of providing that sense of connection. Um, so I, I really think a small group, it's not you know, no more than five people, because I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed or like they have to share all of their stuff to a bunch of people. Um, but it's, it's large enough to get a lot of perspectives and small enough to feel intimate and safe. Um, so that is starting in September and information for that if anyone any of your listeners are, in, are interested. There is a form on my website, which is nomisadvisors.com, um, N-O-M-I-S advisors.com. Um, there's a form on there and, and people can click on that, fill it out, and, and I will give them a call and we can and we'll set up a an intake um, call and then see if does it make sense to be in a group or not. Tell me where people can reach you and purchase your book. I know you're on Amazon, so they can go to Amazon. Yep. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Google, I think, Google Play. Um, the The podcast is on all of the major podcasts. Um, my website, again, is nomisadvisors.com. My email is Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E at nomisadvisors.com. Um, people can reach me that way. Um, I I love hearing from people. So if somebody wants to reach out, send me an email or co connect with me through the contact form on my website, that would be great. Okay. I would love that. Great. And we'll have your information on uh, the, the notes too of the meeting. So excellent. Well, Great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carrie. We are excited to see you grow and just see the, the smile and the positivity that comes from you. So thanks so much. Thank you, Colleen. It's been such a pleasure to do this with you. Thanks. podcast is a production of The Author's Voice. I have been your host, Peter Wheatmartian, and I want to thank KZ and Colleen for joining me on this episode to discuss all things writing, publishing, and speaking. Do you have questions about today's topic or would like to be a guest on a future episode? You can learn more about The Author's Voice on our website 
theauthorsvoice.org or send our team an email at info at theauthorsvoice.org. You can stay in touch with Candy, Colleen, and Peter through The Author's Voice on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Links to all of those can be found in the show notes. If you have enjoyed the episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the podcast app of your choice. Also, please help us spread the word about the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast by sharing the episode on your social media or by introducing a friend, a colleague, an author, or anyone who would enjoy the discussion to the show.